Hi guys, it's Clarence, one of 2020 CSE Soft's media directors, and what we've got coming up today is um, the Q&A regarding director applications, which are currently out and will be closing on the 10th of November. So what we've done is we've sent out, um, sent out a form where all of you guys send us questions to ask, and we've got a whole bunch um, to get through today. So um, what, who we have here today uh, is Isaac, who is one of the marketing directors, Jamin, who's one of the creative directors, Michael, who's a workshops director, um, Trey, who's a student director, and Francis, who's one of the socials directors. And okay, let's get started. Um, the first question is, what are the more challenging aspects of being a director? Uh, sure. So I guess I can start. So what I found challenging was um, definitely managing people because this is the first role where I've been in a proper leadership position. So getting used to knowing um, like how much responsibility to give different subcom members at different times and gradually getting them more confident in their abilities and yeah, I guess making sure that they're developing properly and that they feel like they can let you know if they're having trouble with anything. Um, it's definitely an interesting experience being in that leadership position. Also, uh, one thing, um, quickly introduce, just say what your name is. Before oh, you say. But, it, but it's fine, it's fine. From, yep, that was from Isaac. All right, um, I guess I'll go next. Um, so uh, this is from Francis. Uh, so for me, um, I've found the most, like, yeah, um, I think the most challenging thing about being director is time management, um, just because of, like, the amount of work, um, you have to put in, um, you know, on, like, a daily and weekly basis, um, it really, really does add up, so it was just, you know, like, realizing that I had to allocate time a lot more efficiently, yeah, that's definitely one of the hardest things. Trey here. Um, going off that, I definitely agree. Um, for me, like time management, I was pretty comfortable with, but time management of not only working myself, but working with other people. Um, so knowing how to balance things when I'm waiting on people to respond to me, or how to balance my tasks when I'm waiting on a uh, reply from someone, um, that was quite a uh, experience that I hadn't uh, experienced before. Um, so yeah, definitely a good point. Yeah, hi, it's Michael. I would say basically having to be like actually organized because you want to make sure that you give everyone else in your team notice and that you know, marketing can actually advertise your events. So it actually takes quite a while um, to actually when you start planning an event before it actually gets released. And another challenge is making sure your events appeal to um, appeal to people and that they actually learn something from it. So obviously not your event, all of the events you run as a director are going to go to every single student, but you want to make sure that the students who um, do actually attend, A, they enjoy it and they get something out of it, and B, they hold like a variety of events that appeal to everyone. So we might hold a workshop on Vim, which appeals to those nerds who use Vim, and you know how to actually exit Vim. But we also hold other workshops that appeal to, say, a less niche audience, or maybe a different niche as well. Um, and yeah, just to add to that, uh, since you're in a director position, it's not just like you're working in collaboration with maybe your subcom and one other person. You're also having to collaborate with other directors. So that can be an interesting experience as well, basically learning how to work 
around what people need from you and making sure you're delivering and being accountable. Um, yeah, so you're working with a lot more people than maybe if you're in a subcom position. Yeah, um, I'm, I echo essentially what uh, everybody said, but I also wanted to add that um, the performance of your subcom is essentially um, also kind of dependent on your performance and um, your role as a director is kind of to ensure that your subcom performs as best it can. So the one of the bigger responsibilities apart from making sure everything comes out is ensuring that the team that you're managing is um, is engaged in the work that they do and um, actually want to do it. Because one of the biggest things is team morale. Um, and coming back to time management, the next question that we got is, how did you guys balance uni work and also being an active and supportive director? Um, so when I started, there, there was definitely a steep learning curve in terms of learning how to um, basically schedule my tasks and knowing when to do what. So when I first started, I was a bit all over the place doing things, I wouldn't say last minute, but as they needed to be done. So not doing the things that could be done in advance in advance. So that, that ended up being like, uh, probably the same amount of time compared to when I was doing my task more efficiently later on, but the time was more spread out. So I was thinking about CSC stock stuff more than I necessarily needed to. So it was sort of taking up more of my active, you know, brain space and time. So definitely <clears throat> doing things together that can be done together, even if you're doing it in advance. And um, yeah, finding out this, like during the course of 2020, we definitely learned, um, how to create systems that will work better for us. So for marketing, that involved um, having centralized locations where we can create posts and event descriptions and preparing everything for an event at once, or as at, at least as much as could be um, prepared at once. Obviously, things change during the course of promotion. But yeah, that's probably my answer. Um, creating systems that work for you to allow you to effectively minimize the amount of time that you have to spend doing tasks. For me, it basically just came with time. Like, I definitely did not get it right, the balance between uni, like, society work, and, like, term one. I would go through periods of, like, oh, I need to do CSC stuff, stuff. And then I realized I was behind in uni. So I was like, oh, I have to catch up on the lectures and the shoots and the labs I missed. And then I would realize I was a director again and then do more stuff like that. Like a seesaw pattern, which isn't the best idea. But it just comes with time, and as like the terms go by, you just get better. It just comes with experience, which is why it's so good to be a director. You get to learn new skills, like how to balance uni work and be an active director. Yeah, I think adding on to that point, um, this is straight speaking. I definitely agree. Like, I think term one for me, because student, we organize a mentoring program at T1, and so a lot of the work I was doing was pre-uni started. And so when uni started, I was like, ah. Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll do that eventually, right? Like, it's week one, I'll, I'll do it next week. And then week two came, I was like, oh, I'll do that, don't worry. Then week three came. And because I hadn't had any accessibles, so like, it wasn't, like, as stressful. Um, but then once week four hit, and, like, you know when week four hits, all the assignments start getting released, and, like, you start getting first quizzes, I sort of realized I had to have some sort of system in place, right? Um, and so I ended up finding a system that worked really well for me, which was, like, a to-do app, which is which was called, uh, I think it was... Wonderlist, but now it's Microsoft to do. Um, and I, I schedule my day with that. Yeah. Um, 
and I, I, I organize things by priority, um, not by when they were due, but like by priority of how important they were, right? So like, I was totally fine to hand something in late if it wasn't that important, but if it was something super important, um, then I would do it as early as I could, right? Um, but it's definitely something that being a director helped me learn. I don't think I would have had that experience or like uh, gone through that. If I didn't go through that, I would have like kind of managed my time as well as I can do now. Yeah, yeah. actually adding, oh, sorry. Not you. So, so it's kind of like a gauntlet then. Oh, Not yeah. All right. Okay. Um, yeah. So adding on to what Shrey um, said, yeah, definitely using apps um, to help manage your time. I really, really like using Google Calendar because you can like also like CSC SOC events are all on Google Calendar. So you can see everything that's going on. And, you know, you can also sync your uni timetable into Google Calendar as well. And then you can, yeah. Yeah. Just like knowing what's coming up. Uh, will also really help you out with uni work. Yeah. Also, this is uh, this is Jamin here. Um, I just wanted to offer some some of my experience because um, I'm currently so for the past two years I've been working full time while studying full time, and then adding on directorship this year, which does sound like quite a bit, but um, yeah. So which is why I was hesitant of taking up the director role uh, last year because it's quite a long workload and uh, yeah you you can't really imagine um how much it is to begin with but okay basically um what i've come to learn to do is that firstly i feel like you adapt to the current situation so i thought i i thought that i wouldn't be able to manage with so much stress coming or so much work coming into uni but i managed by just adapting my patterns to how um, work and uni is like. And you do that by, I don't know, for me, I've kind of changed my mindset of how I approach work and doing work in that um, I want as much free time as possible to myself. And to do that, and as well as um, complete all my tasks on time, what I come to do is I try and finish things as fast as possible, as early as possible, so that I have leftover time to do whatever I want. And that way you become much more efficient with your time, but also with your life. And um, you end up being able to fit a lot more in to your time. And how, like, I, uh, how you would do that, for example, you could say uh, a lot of people study, right? When they study, they're on Messenger or on some social media at the same time. So basically, that drastically lowers your efficiency in one of the tasks. And for me, I really like to be as fast as possible when I try and finish my tasks. So I would put aside um, distractions and be able to do the study in half the time it would normally take if I was just, um, I don't know, on Messenger at the same time. And obviously that doesn't happen all the time, but it definitely helps improving your efficiency. And yeah, you have no idea how much work you can get done when you put your mind to it. Yeah, I'd like to, like, agree with that by basically saying that in terms of the distractions, switching between tasks takes a lot of time. So, or, like, a lot of time in terms of, like, maybe a second or a few seconds, but if you're constantly doing it, then it's actually slower than doing both of the tasks separately, like maybe studying and then messaging people after. Yeah, and you get more value out of your time. Yeah. Stonks. And... Adding on, um, so I believe what Shrey mentioned was um, Wanderlist, which is now Microsoft To Do. 
Um, I think Notion also is pretty good for just organizing notes as well as your to-do list in general. I think they are currently offering, because of COVID, free student accounts. Oh, yeah. Wow. yeah, yeah, it's like free personal accounts. But I don't know if it's COVID. Um, I think it's a permanent thing. Um, okay. Yeah, but plus one for Notion. Okay, yeah, Notion's pretty good. Also, just writing your like, um, writing your to-do list down on a physical, in a physical like planner is also a good idea. Yeah, I personally use Todoist. I used to use Wonderlist, but then when it turned into Microsoft To Do It, kind of became pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, um, for me, I use a That's fusion of Google Calendar as well as a physical planner as well. Okay, so uh, moving on to stuff other than how y'all manage your time. Um, what actually motivated you guys to become um, directors or apply for directorship last year? Yeah, I think uh, I'll start off with this. So um, I was in social subcom um, in 2019 when I first started um, uni. Um, and social was pretty cool, it was pretty fun. We did some cool stuff. But I felt like there was more I could have done for students. I really wanted to have find a role that enabled me to actually make a bigger impact on students and like, you know, their well being and how they settled into university and how they were coping with university and, you know, getting the fit in. And my background for this was that like I was I come from a small country town, right? Like I was the only person from my school to even apply for UNSW, let alone get in. Um so I found lots of friends at CSCSOC, um, and I'm really really grateful for that. So I wanted to give back to the community. So I applied for student network director because student network director is sort of in charge of all those things, right? We're in charge of, um, you know, connecting students and uh, making sure students are welcomed and onboarded into university life. Um, and so I applied because at the end of the day, I just wanted to give back to the community and make a difference um, in these first years' lives, and also, you know, make a difference in other members of our community and perhaps reach those marginalised members of the community, which we don't really get to see or interact with as often as we would like to. Um, so that's sort of my background as to why I applied. Um, like, obviously, there's some stuff in for uni as well, right? Like, how to get increased skills and get to meet cool people. Um, but fundamentally, I think it's just because I wanted to make a difference in other people's lives the same way that CSCSOC made a difference in my life. So. Yeah, I would like to basically, that was, I had a very similar um, motivation in Australia. I think most directors have a similar motivation. It's basically we just want to give back. Like, CSCSOC is great. I gained a lot from it back before COVID. CSC suck has tons of free food, so it was very easy to get fat off all the high quality pizza. Sometimes there was pizza that cost more than five dollars. And at the end of the year, when apps opened for twenty nineteen, oh, for twenty twenty directors, it was like, uh, yeah, I've actually gotten so much out of CSC suck. I feel kind of that I should apply to have the opportunity to give back. Yeah, for me, um, like I, I. I actually wasn't in a subcom for CSE, so I went straight to director. So I guess maybe that's a bit of motivation for people that haven't been subcom before, like you can still apply and have a chance of getting in. But for me, I definitely regretted not getting more involved in CSE SOC earlier. So I really wanted to join um, because, you know, I've been to their events and things like that before and obviously gained a lot from like the different talks that they had or workshops or um, other social events. Um, so that was one thing. And then the other main thing was I really wanted to get some leadership experience. Um, so, you know, obviously I'll be able to rely on that and look back on that when I start do it, having leadership roles in my employment. 
So yeah, I definitely wanted to get a bit of a taste of that. Um, for me, uh, I, um, I I wanted to become director because I had a lot of fun as subcom. Um, yeah, it was just a fun time, and I just wanted to like spend more time doing it essentially. So yeah, that's mainly why. And also, I was also um, super into the whole CSC SOC thing. Like, all of my friends were from CSC SOC. You know, I was already in the cult, so might as well, you know, work for the cult, I guess. Um, for me, I just, I was part of a media subcom in 2019, and um, I just wanted to continue making really cool stuff um, while also giving back to uh, CSC SOC and the community. Um, okay, cool. So, uh, in your directorship, what qualities did you feel like you guys needed to improve on and rely on the most to be like, um, uh, um, the best director you could be for your team? Um, I'll start. Um, so for me, um, before I got into, um, the, the directorship role, I was like a very people pleasing person. Like, um, you know, when someone else would say, you know, something that, like, opposed my opinion, like, I would just be like, oh, yeah, yeah, like, of course, of course, yeah, like, let, let's do it your way. But then I realized pretty early on, um, especially when I was organizing camp, that um, sometimes being complacent just doesn't work. Uh, like, you just realize that people just don't do things, <laughs> I guess. Uh, so um definitely like standing your ground sometimes like obviously i'm not saying like to be like really really stubborn and stuff but i think you know sometimes like standing your ground and like believing that what you have to say is valuable i think um that's really really important um yeah yeah like in terms of that sort of expanding on that being able to state your intentions and like your like your reasons for what you want to do in a really clear way is important because that can help reduce a lot of the conflict so you're not like saying that someone else's idea is wrong but you're basically just clearly explaining why you think what you have is right and then opening the discussion for that so that can um yeah basically being clear with what you want and not trying to try to avoid like passive aggressive maybe is the wrong word but avoid avoid being like vague because then that can be misconstrued in so many ways often you know, what you're trying to let them know, they might not end up knowing. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like, the communication thing is very... Yeah, actually, um, because I had to chase up people a lot this year, um, I found myself getting better at just, like, popping up to people. Um, so, yeah, it kind of helps improve your social skills as well, somewhat. <laughs> <laughs> Another thing, something I found really helpful is just that you kind of learn to get off your ass and like get motivated to do stuff not because someone's telling you to do something but because you just want to do cool stuff and there are people there who put resources to support you so it's like if you want to uh, like there's no reason not to so you just do it you're just too good so i think initially my time management as i mentioned earlier was quite terrible um there was some other issues in, in student that ended up to this happening, but one of the examples of this was uh, for the mentoring program, we had about, I think, 250 people uh, sign up to be mentees, right? Um, and for some reason, I thought that I'd be able to uh, organize the mentoring groups and assign mentees to mentors 
on the morning of the opening party. Um, I thought that I'd be able to do that with reasonable time. I don't know why. Um, it did not work to plan, and uh, it, we ended up with some really mixed groups, and I spent the next couple of weeks making sure the groups were organized. Um, so I, I then learned, you know, I have to be on top of things. And like like was said, it sort of forces you to sort of get up and do things, because you know that if you don't do stuff, nobody else is going to do it. It's not like when you're in subcom, right, where if I don't do my work, I can't, I'd be like, oh, sorry, I can't do it. And other subcom will be like, oh, that's fine, I can do that for you. That's sort of thing, right? Like, especially if you're like a solo director, um, which I don't think we have many of, um, you know, if you don't do the work, somebody else is, nobody else is going to do it for you. So it's, it's a good motivational force to teach you um, how to motivate yourself as well. Um, so yeah, good point, Michael. Yeah, I think some qualities to me, one was doing things. And what I mean by that is I'm definitely someone who prefers planning and sort of getting it perfect, perfect. And I'll procrastinate on doing it, not because I'm lazy, but just because I want to get it fully right. And I sort of realized that, you know, with certain things, like other people were relying on me, um, someone who created like a great workshop or a great social event, I needed to start promoting it as part of marketing. So it would definitely help me in terms of having a reason to finalize what I was doing and get used to being productive and actually finishing things rather than just working on them forever. Um, another quality that I think I improved on was when we got subcon, um, improving my delegation. So a lot of the time, for certain things at least, it was easier, maybe not in terms of time, but in terms of like mental effort to just do certain things myself. And um, because obviously there's a bit of a learning curve. So when your subcom is starting to do things, you'll have to help them. So you might end up doing a similar amount of work to if you were um, compared to if you were to do it. But eventually, you know, they'll learn and become more efficient and be able to do it just as well as you. So um, definitely learning how to delegate better and being proactive about that. Okay. Um, yes. Another thing I'd like to add is that um, I think my uh, ability to actually handle uh, talking to multiple parties was really came in handy. So at, at some point, you know, when I'm running, uh, for example, the imposter syndrome talk, which is coming up soon, you should all check it out. Um, we had to be communicating, I had to be communicating between my subcom, between Hayden Smith, who's our guest lecturer, between uh, media eventually, when we're going to ask them to uh, help uh, process that on YouTube, between marketing to market it. You know, you, you're, you have so many different parties you have to be talking to. Um, then you have your stakeholders, right? So for example, the executives who are wanting to make sure everything's happening correctly and make sure everything's going well. Um, so the communication between multiple parties is something that you learn to get really good at, both formally via emails or Slack or something call and informally, right? So checking up with the subcom saying, hey, how's this going? Is this going all right? And, you know, removing any roadblocks that might be experiencing. So it's, it's a very good, um, I think I likened it to like product management, right? Like as a director, you have a lot of things going on. Um, and so you need to be, you know, get good at, um, you just get good at managing all those different things, right? And managing those products and, you know, talking about the state of those products to the stakeholders, who which in this case are, you know, the community and the executives. Okay, cool. Um, and to finish off um, this section, what was the most rewarding thing about um, being a director for you guys? So early in T1, I believe Microsoft invited us to drinks. And the way that went, we got like a donut shots, all paid for by Billy Gates. <laughs> that was pretty cool. That's like the secret, <laughs> the donut. secret, the secret reward to being a CSC director. 
Yeah, girl, though, what are donut shots? Yeah, what are they? What are donut shots? It's like... I forgot what the, the mix was, but it was just like shots with like sugar on the top. So you're saying they're Yeah, you weren't you there, Isaac? Yeah, I feel like they put them on fire for some reason. And then Yeah. Them. Yeah. You know? Well, um, I think for me, the most rewarding part, um, it's a bit less alcohol related. Um, was at the end of camp when, you know, uh, some people really enjoyed camp. Um, and at the end of the mentoring program, where, you know, people really enjoyed that. And also at the end of, like, all the other events, I like to put out feedback forms because I acknowledge that, you know, just because I'm a director doesn't mean I do things right, right? Like, I, I've already mentioned a few mistakes that I've made in my time. Um, and sometimes the events that you make just aren't going to be that good. There's going to be issues with them, right? Um, but it's really rewarding to when you put out a feedback form and you get responses back to see that, you know, for example, the freshly coding contest. A lot of people were happy with that. There were a lot of obvious teething issues with that with that program with that um, competition, that event. Um, but still, a lot of people were quite happy with that, and they said that it made a difference in you know in their life and their university um, experience. So, I think that's the most rewarding part. In terms of like physical rewards, socks uh, <laughs> access, I guess. <laughs> but that's not there anymore, so that's a bit sad. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, adding on to that, um, especially in socials, like where you like like basically like see yeah, 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 because you essentially like organize events <laughs> to go to. Oh, yeah. 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 Sorry, my blank. <laughs> yeah, so um you invite people to, you know, come along and have fun and just seeing like people smiling and people socializing and having fun and just seeing like the like, like the environment that you've allowed all of this to yeah, occur definitely. in that's probably one of the best things like especially during camp like when you just see everyone like outside on the fire just talking oh that was amazing you know you you know i was just like a pat on the back being like oh you know not okay, bad right? <laughs> yeah. Hours, yeah. yeah yeah essentially yeah i think i think that's probably it just like spending a lot of time like working on something and just seeing it yeah till its fruition that's yeah it's a beautiful stuff for me the most rewarding part was um my subcomps because um well uh liz and i so the other creative creative director um we were really looking forward to subcomps because we had to do like so many things ourselves before getting a subcom so we had like up to 10 hours a week worth of making banners and like merch and for like the first year camps and all the promo stuff all on us and so we were really looking forward to subcom from day one and when we finally got them it was so good <laughs> because we we just um from day one we just delegated everything to them but also being able to watch them grow like from the first few weeks where they didn't really know how things worked and then we had workshops uh, for them and they were able to uh, pretty much upskill and then from then on they were pretty much running and being able to watch them go about and come up with creative ideas and like watch all of these new designs come to life it was it's really rewarding be able to see being able to see that yeah, I definitely back that, and that's a point that I hadn't really thought about, but um, I think 
as I said earlier to some other executives, um, I've definitely seen my subcom grow. Um, I think at the beginning of the year, quite a few of them, you know, they didn't really know what they wanted out of the position. Um, did and you know there were some skills that they were trying really hard to work towards getting, and you can definitely see at the end of it all how far they've come. Um, and some of the events that they've made, they've been really passionate about doing, right? So, um, some of the stuff with the imposter syndrome talk and the wounded tech uh, pen pals event, those are really successful stuff. The freshy coding contest, really, really awesome job, right? The mentoring wrap up stuff, those are all pretty much championed by my subcom, and I think that it's really awesome watching them grow, uh, and sort of like self-rewarding i guess be like wow damn we did a good job i guess um so yeah that's another really good um, part of being a director when you have a subcom that you can see and grow as people and as leaders yeah for me um there were two main events that i was pretty proud of um in terms of marketing so obviously marketing you're not creating the events yourself but you're helping promote them and getting them successful so the first one was um, First Year Camp. So that was a great event created by Socials and uh, basically getting that promoted and slowly watching the signups fill up until we reached capacity was really um, satisfying and rewarding. I uh, created some memes for that, so that was a good amount of fun as well. Um, so yeah, that was the first one. And Subcom Recruitment was actually really rewarding as well. Um, I was a bit nervous about how many people were going to recruit for, like, not just marketing, but in general, how many people would recruit, how, how many people would apply for different subcoms. But seeing the amount of applications we got was really rewarding because it showed that, um, you know, we were able to effectively, obviously, um, being subcom is great in its own, but we were able to show how great it was and help people realize that it would be a good idea to apply. Um, and also bandwagoning onto the idea of subcom, definitely seeing them become more self-reliant and basically me just being able to tell them what I wanted and they'll figure out how to do it and um, using what they learned before to, yeah, become really effective at their work. Yeah, and not only that, but also being uh, feeling like you're like a part of a small community of people who have similar interests and um, share like things that you're interested in as well. Like directors, we're a community as well, but we're at, at times we're disconnected because, well, one, we only talk like once a fortnight, um, but also we're all working on our own things with our own subcom, but with subcom, you can see that, oh, so someone like made this really cool artwork and they just shared with our, um, our chat and everyone can appreciate it because we, we come from a similar sort of background. And, and it's really cool to find a group of people like that because it's hard, especially in CSC, because it's such a logical and analytical subject to find creative creativity, I guess. Yeah, cool. Um, on my end for media, um, probably the most rewarding things um, on top of seeing Subcom grow into, um, into their roles and have it be really like natural was actually seeing thousands of eyes on the work that you do um i think one of the some of the most successful things that we've released have gotten um obviously um our first year guide which you are required to do as a media director um that will probably get you like over three thousand views over the course of the entire year um and some of our most successful uh subcom um subcom stuff that we've released has gotten like like 400, 500 um, unique users, like just looking at it. And um, seeing the growth that we've like experienced has 
only makes next year's and the year afters more and more successful. That's the projection anyway. Right. Um, okay. So for the next section, we'll be talking about the director team and um, the structure as well as applications um, for 2021. So firstly, um, is there going to be a new portfolio in 2021? Like, um, for example, with creative in 20... Yep. There'll be a new portfolio called internals. And so it's pretty much... Uh, a part of the socials portfolio and will be re responsible for internal bonding events such as subcom induction, uh, any upskilling, and then also subcom wrap-up and other um, events that will improve subcom engagement as well as inter-portfolio relationships. Okay. Yeah, that's... <clears throat> um, and... Uh, how many directors will there be in each portfolio? Good question. So it actually varies depending on each portfolio. To get like the exact number, you can check out the descriptions, the raw descriptions guide. But for careers, there's like three to four content, which is the big guns who make the banners and the podcast like this have like six in total. Uh, socials has what, like, uh, what, four to five? Yeah, four to five. And then Developments, which has like workshops, comp club, and projects is like five to six in total. Okay. Um, and do we have specific numbers for each of the teams? Oh, Wait, do, 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 do you the list? No, I said development. Wait, are you, do you want us to like go through each like directorship? Yeah, sure. Okay. Um, careers has three to four. Wait, it's three to three, four. Anyway. Careers has three to four directors, and then you've got the socials, which has two directors. They organize first year camp, barbecues, hopefully, after COVID. And there's two of them. We have Strunets. We have one to do Strunet directors. Ask Shrey if you want to know more about what the Strunet director does. We have an internals director, which is all the brand new stuff. We were focused on bonding and subcom. And then jumping over to media, we have two of those. They make podcasts like this. We have a creative who make all the like cool logos and merch and hoodies, lots and of hoodies, banners, yes, banners. that I forget. Most important part, <laughs> arguably. Yeah, there's two more marketing directors. Oh yeah, even more stuff. Creative, there should be really more than two creative directors, but anyway. There's also marketing, two of those who make the meme competitions and also run all the uh, advertising on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, whatever. Even more maybe next year, who knows. Then there's, we can jump over to Com Club, who are an outreach branch. They do workshops for high school students. They run hackathons for high school students. They do road trip, well, rural trips to teach kids in rural high schools coding. Then we also have projects. They make a bunch of cool stuff. They're also the largest um, subcom, making stuff like degree planner, notangles, which is like your timetable planner, um, the C brand new CSC stuff website, and I'm probably forgetting a bunch of other projects as well. Uh, and then last of all, there's workshops, where they do one to two workshops. Make stuff like Lab Zero, and uh, the Vim workshop, the Git workshop, bunch of workshops. Anything with workshop in the name, mostly. That's not true, by the way, but sure. And um, do applicants have to have 
been a part of the CSC sub any sub uh, subcommittee before to apply? Absolutely no. not. I think um, as even Isaac was like the previous section, he wasn't a subcommittee member at all, um, but he really wanted to you know learn more about um, team leadership and marketing, so he decided to join the marketing like the marketing director. Okay. Um, and for the next set of for the next question, we've actually gotten like three questions that are remarkably similar. So I've just like condensed them all into one. Um, are there any like specific qualities, um, any skills, any abilities that you look for in a director? This is probably something that we'll each have different answers on. But for me, it's mostly I what I want to see in a director is someone who is able to stuff on their own accord, not because I'm telling them to do cool stuff, because they want to do cool stuff. Uh, that's pretty much it. Initiative, doing cool stuff. There we go. For me, I'm looking for enthusiasm. Um, you don't necessarily have to have the skill set, uh, the technical skill set, to begin with. So you, for example, for creative, you don't necessarily have to be able to um, use Illustrator or Photoshop. But if you are enthusiastic and you can lead a team that does because and that does well then um i think that's really important you need to be able to drive your whole team because you are the motivator yeah and um also looking for someone who's um people who are responsible for um all the success they produce as well as all the mistakes they make along the way that's not to say that as a director you are barred from making mistakes. If you do, we'll kick you up. But um, like it's a process of growing, so um, it's about just like owning it. And we want somebody who's able to like grow um, from your experiences and the errors you make along the way. And not only uh, are you able to grow, but you're able to inspire growth in others, right? I think. A lot of the time we talk about what we're looking for in directors as their own qualities, but I also like looking at how they interact with other people. Um, so you have to remember that as a director, you're not, you're not just going to be working with yourself, right? You'll be working with at least a few other teams. So maybe, let's say, for, for example, when I'm making an event, I work with my subcom. That's one thing. I'll probably talk to the social subcom. That's the second thing. I'll probably talk to the social directors. That's a third team. I'll probably talk to the marketing creative. So that's two more teams, right? If it's a you know if it's involving some other areas like you know external parties like lecturers or other societies that's even more teams right so are you able to a work with those teams and b like inspire growth in those teams around you right so for example are you able to lead a subcommittee and um, work with them to be better at what you guys do and be better as a person that sounded like you wanted to say some extra stuff but oh no I didn't okay um and any soft or hard skills that we're looking for. I think Jarman already said this in that um, you don't need to have any technical skill set for what you're applying for. Um, it's not a requirement, but it's definitely a plus. Um, all you really need is to be really fired up about being a director, I guess. Um, yeah. Okay, cool. Um, next up uh, is in regards to interviews and applications. Um, what are some common mistakes that um, we see or we don't want people to make during interviews and um, in the applications? So of the app, we've actually already started doing applications. And sometimes I think this person might not be the best fit for this role, but I could totally see them in a different role instead. 
but they haven't applied, so I'm just wishing later on I see the application again for that position. So don't be afraid to apply for multiple positions if you feel like it. Well, if you think you could do a good job and you're motivated, it's it's like it's not gonna be too bad if you apply for. I mean, I applied for like five positions to be honest when I was applying for directorship. So don't be afraid. Don't limit yourself. Yep. Any um interview tips? Interview tips. Make sure um be honest is very important. Come up with um a couple experience past experiences that can help give us context of who you are as a person. And yeah, once that like I want to see what worked well, what didn't work well. It didn't have to be a perfect success, as long as like you you are self-aware enough to realize that you could have done better and like why perhaps it wasn't a success. But if you have like a great flex, like a thousand person hackathon that you organize or something, that's even better. Yeah, I think echoing on that, um, I don't care if you've been coding since day one, right? Like, yeah. like we don't care about yeah. if you're the, the most qualified, the bestest, like most amazing person ever. Um, we care about who you are as a person. Right? Are you able to grow? Are you able to learn from others? Are you able to empathize? Are you, are you, do you show passion for people? Right? I think a lot of times when I've done interviews, people just think of it as like an excuse to flex everything they've ever done. They're like, oh yeah, in year three, I was a spelling champion. Um, <laughs> and in year four, I was the uh, hall monitor. You know, I could, could mark for that. Um, but an interview, as John said, is an excuse for you to show who you are as a person. Right? Um, why would you be good in this leadership role and in this uh, positional role, right? So that's my general generic tip on interviews. Um, be honest. Please don't try and like just outflex us. Like, I'll be honest, we don't really care about how much <laughs> um, because otherwise it wouldn't be the community that we all come to love. Yeah. So like fundamentally, we're looking for people who think will be great in a team of like twenty other directors. For an entire year so uh if you're if you don't think that you're like going to be a brilliant team player then that might be i don't know what i'm saying <laughs> ignore <laughs> me <laughs> ignore me i realize i was messing up into a trap i thought that was a very aggressive in the last point but yeah i felt like i fell into a trap <laughs> cut the out cards <laughs> I said nothing. We'll have to see in post. Um, just, just like the answer says, sorry, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> um, and kind of like kind of related to um, having been in a subcommittee previously. Um, what kind of experience do you need to be a director, and do you need previous experience? Personally, I don't think you need previous experience in CSESOC to be a director. I do think some experience would be helpful, not just CSESOC, but experience working in a team. Um, and honestly, I think most people have that. Um, but also, like, the experience of you being able to grow as a person, right? And I know I keep harping on about this. Um, but no, I don't think any experience is necessary. I think it helps. I think it can boost your status and, you know, you'll be able to prove more about who you are, who you are and what you're able to do. Um, but no, no experience is necessary. Yeah. And... Um... What are the most significant challenges that you'd like to see applicants be able to mitigate or handle um, during a directorship? Speaking hypothetically, um, but, but um, 
I would like to say just, I guess one of the most significant challenges was what happened this year with the switch online to um, COVID due to, I'm uh, sorry, due to COVID. Um, I feel like that really shook, shook things up a lot. And um, I feel like TCSOC and its directors were able to kind of bounce back relatively quickly um, and well. Um, so I think that is one of the more extreme kind of situations and challenges to, um, that a director would face. Um, one of the weird challenges for this year is that with COVID still kind of being a problem, well, we didn't actually know it's, it's too wild out there. Uh, it's like managing both the return to campus, but also keeping people who are stuck online an opportunity to stay engaged for CSE SOC. It's a challenge, but we're looking for people who can take on that challenge. Um, anything else? From Trey or Charlie? Uh, nothing from me. Charlie? Hello. Um, hello. I connected Kai. <laughs> oh, oh, hello. Does that work? Can you hear me? <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, I can hear you guys. That's good. Okay, Kai, do you want to weigh in on what are the most significant challenges that you'd like to see applicants be able to handle or uh, mitigate this year, next year? That, that is a very long question. <laughs> Can I write it down? <laughs> um, what are the challenges? Yeah, what are the biggest challenges that you think well, I, applicants would face? What are the biggest challenges that the candidates will face next year? Right? Yes. Yeah, do I answer now or do I wait? Yeah. Say I was yeah, yeah. Just answer casually. Oh, answer casually? Yeah. Answer the question. Okay. <laughs> what? Yeah, just, just think. Right. Okay, sure. Um, I think the most challenging um, aspect that candidate are going to face next year will be um, the rapidly changing situation with COVID because anything can happen in a few months and we don't even know if we can um, have any in-person events in term one or even term two. So, and we need to prepare for both online events as well as in-person events. And if in-person events don't, uh, go well, we have to swap or we have to prepare for both. Basically, that's the most challenging part. For example, um, O-Week, we do have to uh, run both uh, in person and online O-Week on Discord. And for example, camp, we can, we should prepare, we will prepare for camp. And if we, if we can't happen, then uh, we might be able to push to T2 and yeah so basically that you can see the challenging is nothing is possible uh, nothing is um what's the word <laughs> nothing can be predictable thank you nothing is predictable so yeah we have to prepare for um just prepare for the best and yeah see how it goes yeah okay and um, the last two questions. The first one will be, 
will the interviews be done in person or over webcam? Uh, they will be done in person at uni, at UNSW. If you can't make it, you, we can arrange an online interview, but for the most part, they'll be in person at, yeah, at UNSW. In person. And for the last one, um, when do the applications open and where can I reply to them? Now. Yep, interview uh, applications are open now and they close on the 10th of November. And you can find them on CSC Talks Facebook page where we have an event for them. Did I miss anything? Yes, yes, and you have one more week left. Let's go, apply. <laughs> oh, applications are on a rolling basis, which basically means uh, we'll be looking at your applications, not like at a massive bunch of VMs, but throughout the period. So we're already reviewing some applications, we're getting quick. Yeah, you know, by the end of it, it's really hard to read applications, you know, after two weeks, so you might really have an advantage if you get it earlier. Wink, wink. <laughs> Good. Thank you guys for tuning in, um, and we hope to see your applications soon. And good luck with them, and good luck with your interviews. Bye, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. See ya.